Welcome to Slash Server Life, the podcast that explores the unseen world of people in the service industry. On today's episode, we meet Madeline. She's incredibly wise for her and really any age. So let's take a glimpse at just a portion of her story. Where are you from? Um, I was born in Atlanta, and then I spent my childhood in Birmingham, Alabama. And then my family moved to the greater Nashville area when I was 10. Tell me about your family. Um, my parents are really hardworking. They lived a bunch of places before they met. They met in Louisiana um, and lived some life before they met. And then they had us and... They've just, they they made my childhood really great. They were really good growing up. Um, my mom's very creative. She used to um, flip furniture. So she would find furniture on the side of the road and repurpose it or refurbish it. And, yeah, so she was a yard sale queen and an antiquing queen. And she brought all of that in her home and kind of, um, she would do, like, art classes with me and my sister, and she would, we we definitely had a very imaginative childhood um, because of my mom, and my dad was just very sturdy, you know, very stable, um, hard worker, could be kind of an overworker at times, but he made the best of the time he spent with us, so. What was your first job in the service industry? My first job ever? And Einstein's bagels was very interesting. Tell me about that. Um, it was a playground. I worked the night shifts because I was a high schooler. It was just a lot of play. Like, there was this one guy I worked with. He was always playing football with the bagels. <laughs> with the power bagels. They were shaped kind of like a football. Um, I remember one time me and my coworker played Chubby Bunny with the bagel bites. <laughs> and we had those headsets where you could hear your co-workers talking to you, and we were sitting there playing Chubby Bunny, and I had turned on the dish sink in the back to start the dishes, and I forgot about it, and I just hear over the headset, hmm, I wonder how long the sink's been on, and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> the room back there is overflowing, oh, no. and <laughs> didn't get in trouble, because the closing manager had a crush on me. So that worked in my favor. I didn't even have to mop until three months into there. I didn't learn how to mop. That was the the job where I learned to do everything, you know. I learned everything I know. Like, I eventually became a closing manager there. And before I was the closing manager there, they would call me M.O.D., Maddie on duty, because I did everything. Um, after the closing manager who had a crush on me left or got fired or whatever it was, the one we had after that was awful. She just, she did not do her job at all. So I had to pick up her slack all the time, and eventually they were like, okay, we're just going to give this job to you now. And that's what happened. Um, but I remember my first shift ever there was 420, and we had a drive through mm-hmm. And... Um, this guy was ordering his food, and I said, what side would you like with that? He was like, oh, I get a side? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, would you like 
uh, chips, apple, potato salad, or banana? And he said, I can get a banana. And then I was like, yeah. And he was like, can I get two bananas? And I was like, sure. And I remember he came through, his eyes just as red as could be. (laughs) And the first thing he did was look in that bag for the banana to make sure it was there. (laughs) So, he was very excited about the banana. (laughs) Um, Yeah. You made his day. Sometimes my coworkers would come through the drive-thru and prank us. What'd they do? Oh, can I get a... Just ordering really weird stuff. Like, can I get an everything bagel with cinnamon sugar cream cheese on one side and blueberry cream cheese on the other side? And then uh, Asiago bagel with jalapeno cheese, cream cheese on one side. And like, you know, just pranking. Let me get halfway through the uh, order and then say, I'm pulling through. They come (laughs) around. Oh, it's DJ. You know. Do you actually want any of these bagels? No. I'm just (laughs) fucking with you. Sometimes I would come back and somebody would jump out of the trash can. At oh me. my god! <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes after work we would go up on the roof and do what kids do on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> it was very silly. Um, it was just like it was a great first job, um, lots of fun. But you know, looking back, there was a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have put up with. Um, that I would definitely notice as sexual harassment nowadays, but <laughs> did not know at the time because I was just 17 and liked the attention. But, you know, it's just funny looking back at service industry jobs and realizing all the layers, <laughs> just all of the things that go on with it. But, yeah, that was a great first job. <laughs> my first job as an actual server was at American Girl Doll Bistro. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't even imagine <laughs> It was definitely a great first service job. Um, definitely prepared me for every possible thing that could be thrown at me. I feel like there's got to be some tales to tell from the American Girl Doll Bistro. There's a few things I'd like to share. First of all, there was a dynamic there that uh, was pretty interesting. So we were the restaurant. And then there was the retail side of things, and it was all connected. And um, we were very different from the retail girls. The retail girls were very girly and peppy and just unreal. Like, I don't know where these people come from. I don't know where they live. I've never met one in my day-to-day life. But... Um, yeah, American Girl Doll just brought them all out of the woodworks. We we were looked down upon as, like, the troublemakers or whatever. And they were always trying to micromanage us, the managers of the retail side, and come in and catch us doing something that we weren't supposed to do, like be eating in the kitchen or, I don't know, whatever it was. Uh... One time I was rolling silverware after working all day, 12 hours, and I was rolling silverware, and I remember she came in, manager of the retail, and she's like, try to roll this a little tighter. (laughs) And I didn't say anything, because if I had said something, I probably would have gotten fired, because the words that were brewing inside of me were just disbelief. Um... (laughs) Just, it was just funny. 
um, I remember they had a required meeting one morning. It was on my day off, of course, and their incentive was, we're going to have hot cocoa, and um, we're going to have a sing-along, and all the retail girls were excited about this. They couldn't wait to eat cookies and hot cocoa and dress up like it was a Christmas meeting, so, you know, wear their funny Christmas outfits or whatever. I rolled in hoodie, jeans, just kind of like slid into my seat, you know, preparing for myself for this meeting. And they tried to make it so fun. They had a PowerPoint. They had little things to follow along. And then, there we go. They made up a song called The 12 Days of AG, American Girl. Oh, my God. What was and it was like the theme of the 12 Days of Christmas, except it instead of on the 12th day of Christmas, my not my true love, my AG gave to me. Um, and so they had all these different, they highlighted all the departments and then the restaurant's line was three uh foot sundays or whatever because we made the biggest brownie sunday ever and i remember they kept looking over to me at me to make sure i was singing and <laughs> me and my friend were just like mouthing the words or whatever and just trying to survive that it sounds a little culty, in all honest. It was. It was weird. It was really weird. So that was a weird dynamic. And then actually working, it was interesting. So I worked on the floor where you just have your standard tables. You'd have your birthday parties. Like there was an in dine. There was an in the dining room birthday party you could have, and then there was an actual birthday party room, which I did that as well. Um. So, you wanted to work those because it was expensive. Like, you had to pay, I think, for the actual dining room, it was like 20 bucks per adult, 30 bucks per kid, or something like that. Wow. So, you get two kids and two adults, and you get a $20 tip. Like that, you know? In the actual birthday party rooms, it was more than that. I don't remember the exact, but it was definitely more than that. And then you'd have, like, sometimes 10 people in there. So... And you play games with them, and you, it was, it was like an hour and a half, and you'd play games, you'd bring them food, you'd do a craft with them, and then you would bring out their cake, you would go cut their cake, you had to do everything yourself in American Girl. The servers made their own drinks, they made their own desserts, some of the appetizers they made themselves. Um, we cut our own cake, we scooped our own ice cream. And, uh, yeah, making pink lemonade. That was another thing. The magical pink lemonade, which I, I didn't find it very magical because a lot of times <laughs> it would end up on the floor or all over a doll. Lord forbid. We'd have to rush the doll to the doll hospital, in air quotes. Um, <laughs> and, um... Yeah, I was very interactive with not only the girls at American Girl, but also their dolls. Sometimes I had to be more interactive with the dolls than I did with the girls. Um, I've sang happy birthday to a doll. <laughs> I've sang happy birthday to a doll's pet. 
but I made that three-year-old very happy. Her, yeah. Um, I, whenever the dolls would fall off the tables, because they would have these little booster seats that the dolls would sit in, and you'd push them into the table. If the doll fell off the table, I would rush over, I would grab the doll, and I would be like, oh my gosh, is Samantha okay? We better make sure she doesn't have a concussion. Ask her some questions, or whatever. I would take pictures constantly, all day. My favorite joke, while I would take pictures... I'd be like, oh, we gotta take another picture and point to the doll and say the doll's name and say they blinked. <laughs> that would really get them. Um, yeah, so uh, sometimes if I was feeling extra spunky, I would remember all the girls at the table's name and their doll's name. But, you know, that would fail me if I was thrown into some... Sometimes I would be the only person on the floor. So we were always short-staffed there. I wonder why nobody wanted to work there. <laughs> I remember one of my bosses when she, it was her first week, and she thought that she had a bad impression of me because the first week she worked with me, I was having a panic attack crying in the kitchen because I was running the floor by myself for six hours, and oh I was God. there all day. And we laughed about it later on. But she was like, I thought that you were just a little baby. And I was like, Nope. <laughs> this just was the third weekend in a row that I had to deal with that situation. <laughs> and I was exhausted. That's insane. Yep. How big was the restaurant? So there was six tables and there was a bar that sat ten. Um, but, like, there might be four or five different birthday girls at a time out there. And with the birthday parties, you know, you have to remember so many things. You have to remember... You have to cut their cake and you have to do all the ice cream and you have to sing them happy birthday. One on those days, um, one time I counted, I sang happy birthday 30 times in one day. Oh God. And, um, I remember that day it was the end of it and I would announce it to the bistro to get everybody to sing with me so that I wouldn't have to sing as loudly. And I remember I, it was like towards the end of the night and I think it was the last time I had to sing happy birthday and I was like, Attention, everyone. We have a very special birthday girl over here. Her name is whatever it was. If y'all could all sing with me, one, two, three, and I go to sing. Their moms, it was two different birthday girls, actually. Their moms are both just have their iPhones out, just in the, their girls' faces, not singing, not paying attention. So they're not singing. No one else in the dining room is singing. So I go out, starting out strong, thinking that I can just, like, slow down. None of my coworkers backed me up this time either because they thought it was so funny. But I go, happy birthday. And then it was like very squeaky because I couldn't finish because my voice was so sore from singing all day. So it was like, it was awful. It was so mortifying. And like the girls' moms are filming. So you'd think that they'd care enough to sing along and not have this awful voice in the background just screeching. It was awful. That was like... That was, like, one of the worst days. There. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, okay, I'm done. I'm going home. <laughs> but, no, I wasn't going home because I had to roll silverware and oh, do all God. that. <laughs> the one good thing about um, American Girl is I never had to sweep or mop. We had a cleaning crew. And if we were the rebels, the bistro was the rebels, they were, like, the delinquents. <laughs> and they were fun. The bistro and the cleaning crew, we got along. We were, like family um I remember this one lady her name was Diane and we we got along she told me about 
She told me about how she never wanted to have kids, how she was an alcoholic, and uh, she went to the doctors, and she had gotten her tubes tied, and the doctor told her that she was pregnant. <gasps> and the doctor said, Miss Diana, what are you going to do? And she said, go to the bar. <laughs> and bless her soul that's what she did so. <laughs> she ended up having the kid oh yeah I mean it's a healthy 18 year old um, or might be older I couldn't remember but they they were fun oh a girl pooped her pants one time <laughs> what happened how did she poop her pants um you know she was like 6 it was her 6th birthday and they were giving well, it was a very weird dynamic. Um, the mom and dad were obviously not together. And um, I guess the dad was trying to fa- get the favor of his daughter. It was, it was really weird dynamic going on. Um, so he was feeding her ice cream. And the mom was like, oh, she's lactose intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, it's fine. She can have some ice cream. So... <laughs> A few minutes later, you start to smell something. And then she's like, kind of got this grin on her face. The girl had pooped her pants while at the table. She wasn't embarrassed? No. Clearly, she had some issues. <laughs> Clearly, the whole family did. But so they took her to the bathroom and cleaned her up, I guess. So she pooped her pants. Uh, one time, I had a. There was a girl. <laughs> Just threw up all over herself. Oh. Because, I mean, parents would make their reservations for this place months and months in advance. So, if she had strep throat, the little girl, birthday girl had strep throat, she was still going. If she had a stomach flu, she was still going. So, we had times where there'd be a girl with a hundred fever, and we'd all be, like, washing our hands constantly and trying to make sure we weren't going to get freaking strep throat. And then I guess this girl was not feeling well, but her parents still took her. And we bring out the dessert. <laughs> We're singing to her, and then she just threw up on her lap. Poor thing. <laughs> so uh, that was that was a very interesting job. What are you doing now? Right now, I work as a manager at Gray's, and I also work one day a week at the Beehive Deli, which is a vegan deli. Very cool experience. I enjoy that a lot. And then I also help out my friend who has um, her own business. She makes wearable art. She makes headpieces and earrings and all kinds of stuff. And so I help her out a lot. And I'm probably going to be traveling with her this summer as she vends at festivals. So that'll be really cool. Um... And I'm possibly going to start teaching English as a foreign language online or abroad at some point. So. Wow. Where did that passion come from? Um, it's part passion and part practicality, as I mentioned before. Um, I got an English degree and I graduated And then I went through that thing that people go through when they graduate and they don't immediately join the workforce that their degree is intended for. 
and I had a little bit of a crisis. Um, so to fill the time and worry that started to fill my insides, I decided to get certified in teaching English as a foreign language. Um, I had heard a lot about it. I took an ESL class in college, and so I was interested in it, and it just seems like a really cool opportunity, no matter where I am in the world or where I end up, I would always have opportunities. So I just kind of liked the idea of being able to have work wherever and having an outlet, like having a reason to go do something. Because I want to travel, but I don't like to start on a blank page. Like I like to have a driving force. So if I were to able, if I was able to go teach in another country and it would provide me with things that I need, then I think that would make me feel a lot more comfortable in my travels. So You're very grounded in that way. I am. <laughs> Do you have any, any scars from the restaurant industry? Nothing has permanently damaged me. I mean, I have sciatic nerve pain now, which I'm pretty sure has come from the service industry. Um, but I do remember this one particular time that I fell and the cake landed my fall. <gasps> yeah. So I remember the birthday party was about to leave and I almost forgot to give them their cake. So I was rushing and then there was a slippery spot and so I fell and like the cake landed on the ground and like kind of caught me. And my first thought was, oh my gosh, I hope the cake is okay. My manager was like, are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, but, but the cake, the cake was fine. It was just like, I guess it was a really thick cake. Um, thank you, GGs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All the icing cushioned you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if that cake hadn't have been in my hands, then I probably would have landed on my elbows or my wrists or something. So was glad that the cake was there to lay my fall. That's very nice. All right. What was the worst job you had in the service industry? Five senses in Murfreesboro. What was that? It was the only five-star restaurant in Murfreesboro. And um, the boss there thought very highly of himself because he was the best chef in Murfreesboro, which is really not saying much. <laughs> so... Um, he was very sexist and emotionally abusive. Um, and I got hired on there, I remember, as a server. And then I guess they only had training sessions every two weeks, and I was in college. So the next time I could train for it was on my spring break, um, which was two weeks from then. But I was like, I need a job now. Y'all hired me. I need money. So I asked them if I could wash dishes in the meantime, and they said I could, and then I was like, and of course I'll start serving after that. And then the manager came around and said, well, this doesn't guarantee that you'll be a server just because you're washing dishes. And I was like, what? I got hired on as a server. Like... And then I told you I'd wash dishes so that I could get my foot in the door. And he was like, well, we'll still have to determine 
you know, that maybe you might have to wash dishes for a month before we consider you as a server. What? Yeah, and it was just stuff like that. I remember I I did start serving, and they were just very particular about everything. The entrees couldn't come out until the appetizer plates were off the table. And I remember this one particular time that this table, they had an appetizer, and I waited... 20 minutes after they had gotten their appetizer and I rang in the entree and they were just taking their time and the entree came out and we started to run them and the boss he was like bring them back bring back the entree plate there's still an appetizer on the table and I said well they've had it for 30 minutes I don't you know and he's like well then the plates are just gonna have to sit on the line until their appetizer's done Oh my god. Like, are you serious? Like they who who knows? I don't know how people have timing like that. I know that people who work in fine dining are usually much older and seasoned and they they just they know they're that good, but I was never into that kind of serving cuz so I really like where I work now where I literally will be like Oh, do you want to keep your straw? Oh, can I put your drink in the same glass again, you know, for the environment? Like, I like being real with my customers and not treating them like they're on another level than me. So, um, I did not like fine dining at all. It was awful. That leads me right to the next question. What are your biggest pet peeves? (sighs) My biggest pet peeve... For a customer is when a customer asks me to do something while I'm in the middle of doing it. Like I'm literally in the middle of grabbing them a box and they're like, oh, can you give me a box? Which I know they can't help it. They don't know that I'm doing that, but I'll like be walking away and they'll ask me for something as I'm walking away to go get them that thing that they're asking me for. So I don't like that very much. (laughs) What makes you interesting? Um, I guess just, like, my, my thirst for everything. I, I just have so many passions and interests, so I'm very, like, well-rounded, and pretty much anyone I talk to, I can find common ground with, um, and oftentimes I can change a skeptic's mind. About something. Do you have an example of that? For instance, at Gray's, as a manager, I try to start off the shift with a manifestation of sorts, like a positive circle. I try to get anyone who's willing to involved, and we try to predict, or we try to um, set uh, expectation for the day and what we want it to turn out like and how we want to shape the day. And a lot of my coworkers don't want to do this at first, but then sometimes they will and we'll end up having a much better day because of it just by putting out positive intentions. And so I feel like some of my coworkers have started to believe in it more one of them who just moved away, he he didn't really do it at first, but then towards the end, he started to do 
the positive intentions with us and our day would turn out a lot better that way. So what about, do you have creative pursuits? I do. I'm kind of, I don't really necessarily look to make money off my creative pursuits, but I just want to continuously do them. I play piano and I like to compose music on the piano. I had no idea. That's amazing. Yeah, I've been doing that since, well, since I started playing piano when I was nine. Um, Well, when I was three years old, I was always getting on my Uncle Urban's piano. My parents have pictures of me playing, and I would always make up songs. And so I've always um, liked to make up songs. I do that a lot, whether it's on the piano or if I'm just alone singing about things that are happening around me or sometimes if I have a friend that I'm comfortable around enough I'll sing it in front of them um I I like to write poems I got interested in that in college was part of a group called the Lavinia Project um it was a it was a writing group for victims and survivors of sexual and domestic assault, and um, that is when I wrote my first poem, and I stayed with them for the next three years that I was in college. I still do stuff with them from time to time if I feel like making it out to Murfreesboro, Um, but that got me into writing poems, and I transitioned from very different styles and kind of got more into the spoken word stuff. Sometimes I write raps now. Um... (laughs) What kind of raps? Well, what what are your raps about? Um, I wrote one the other day about drinking water, drinking clean water. (laughs) (laughs) Just whatever inspires. I was just sitting at work. We were listening to the lo-fi, hip-hop all day, and it just came out, staring at a Brita filter, and the next thing you know, I just had a rap written. So that's kind of, I don't really have like a process. I just randomly have floods of creativity that just kind of jolt through me. So, um, yeah, I've always been pretty creative, um, but I don't, like, necessarily get super deep into anything. I just kind of dabble and do it for enjoyment and sometimes for other people's enjoyment. Um, I'd love to write a book one day. That's always been a goal of mine since I was... In third grade. Any idea what it, what it would be about? Um, at this point, it seems more realistic for me to have a collection of poems. Um, or like some sort of autobiographical thing. Um. Like a memoir? Yeah. But, I mean, I was very interested in fiction when I first started writing. Um, I just think as you grow up, it's a little bit harder to harness that um, and not be so hard on yourself about it. So I'd love to do that someday, but probably take a long, long time. (laughs) What do you think is your greatest challenge? I think my greatest challenge is probably... Um, being so sensitive and picking up on others' feelings and thoughts and um, taking it personally and 
a lot of times people will be upset about something that has nothing to do with me, but I can sense it and I can feel it so deeply that I'll think it's about me. And so I think that's been one of my greatest challenges, like learning how to turn it off or like redirect it or just letting, letting it go if it is about me because it's not really my business if they aren't telling me um, that they're upset with me. So sometimes you just have to let go and, and um, accept that somebody might not be feeling the way you want them to feel. So you can't control other people's emotions and all you can do is put on your best face. <laughs> what do you want to promote? Um, I, I have an Instagram that I started recently. I've been trying to get my health on track, um, doing this cleanse called the Candida Cleanse. And, um, there's bacteria inside of us all called Candida and many of us overfeed it and have an overgrowth and can cause different health problems and I've experienced it. And so I have a Candida Instagram. It's called the Candida Witch. And um, I just post recipes. I post pictures of the food I eat, different natural supplements that I use. And it's not just about Candida. It's just about cleansing in general and what that can do for your mental health and your physical health. And just everything it brings up. What got you interested in this? Um, I was in so much pain one day that I just decided that it was time to try something, try something out. Um, you know, you can go to the doctor over and over again and they'll just do the same thing or say the same thing. Oh, you're prone to this kind of health problem, so... We can give you this pill, and the pill just makes it worse. Antibiotics just, I just have digest, digestive issues, and um, doctors will give you antibiotics, and what you need is probiotics. So, <laughs> um, one day I just decided I was sick of it, and I was going to try something holistic, and it's been working, so... Well, did you want any, uh, like, little closing thought, any tagline you want to add? What happens in the service industry should not stay in the service industry. <laughs> you all need to know that this goes on. This is what we deal with. Normal people uh, deal with on a daily basis. And, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's the most unpredictable job, and it's constantly exciting. Um, in the most unexciting way. (laughs) (laughs) But it definitely does not get boring. Well, that's all for today's episode of Slash Server Life. I've been your host, Dee, and I'd like to thank our guest today, Madeline, for taking the time to speak with us. And now it's your turn, dear friends. So get off your phones pause that bullshit conversation and put down your fork long enough to peer in the not-so-secret world of service.
like today's episode, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Or check us out on Instagram and Facebook at slash Life. Be sure to like, review, and do all that good stuff so I know you're listening. Until next time. Thank you.